This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Collaboration is critical to addressing problems faced by the rare disease community, but too often collaborations between advocacy organizations turn sour because of miscommunication, a lack of trust between partners, or when unnecessary competition trumps cooperation. A group of rare disease advocacy organizations, including Global Genes, earlier this year launched the Thrive Initiative, an effort to foster cooperation between rare disease groups and address the behaviors that too often undermine the work of the community. We spoke to Amy Bryn Miller, Executive Director of the Child Neurology Foundation and co-founder of Thrive, about the initiative, how it came about, and the problem it's trying to address. Amy, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Hi, Danny. How you doing? Great. We're going to talk about the advocacy community, the importance of collaboration, and the Thrive Initiative you're involved with to foster better cooperation between rare disease advocates. I, I thought it might be good to start with you and the work you do at the Child Neurology Foundation. For listeners not familiar with CNF, can, can you explain what it is, its mandate, and the range of organizations with which you engage? Sure, absolutely. The uh, Child Neurology Foundation, we are a patient advocacy organization with an international reach. We currently work with children and families in all 50 states and 58 countries. Our mandate, as you said, is um, really to serve as a collaborative center of education and support for children and families living with neurologic conditions. To date, there's over 300 neurologic conditions that originate in childhood. But specific to the rare disease community, since that's most of your following, I think it's important for them to know that of the 7,000 rare disorders, about uh, 3,000 of them have a neurologic component, and of those, 75% um, start in childhood. So there's a huge intersection between the child neurology community and the rare disease community. By its nature, CNF is a collaborative organization. You work with a, a large number of advocacy groups. As you speak to other organizations, what are the types of concerns you hear voiced about problems they've had working with other rare disease advocacy groups? Sure. So besides working with um, other advocacy organizations, and this year alone we've worked with over 800 advocacy organizations, the foundation also um, works very closely with physician and uh, nurse organizations as well as industry partners, researchers who really feel that there's such urgency within our community. Um, it really takes multi-stakeholders 
um, collaborative efforts to really um, make a dent. Um, so it really doesn't matter which stakeholder group we're talking to. A lot of the concerns are the same. Um, the concern about redundancy and replication, the concern about lack of resources, um, capacity limitations, how do we do this um, with such short time and such short resources. Um, but an undercurrent among that, particular to the advocacy community, is this belief that there needs to be a sense of competition in order for any one advocacy organization to win or to make that impact. So examples that we see and feel and hear of competition are, are um, the misconception that advocates have to compete for financial resources, um, the misperception that there needs to be negative rhetoric, you know, hurled at another advocacy organization to make themselves or their initiatives look bigger and better. Um, and, you know, it kind of goes back to that old adage of um, kind of viewing the, the sum as um, greater than, or the part, viewing the parts as greater than the sum. Um, and from our perspective, that really actually can uh, weaken the entire community. At the Global Genes Rare Patient Advocacy Summit this year, CNF, Global Genes, and about a, a half a dozen other collaborators announced the Thrive Initiative. How, how did the Thrive Initiative come about? <laughs> well, I wish, Danny, I could tell you that some very sophisticated um, event brought it together, but it was really um, just a couple of advocates um, sitting down for a cocktail at one of our. Uh, I knew tequila was involved. <laughs> 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 oh, tequila! Um, and just really talking about the concerns, you know, that we were seeing in our community, not from a negative perspective, but really like this is an issue, and why can't we bring it out of the shadows and talk about it, and and not just talk about it, but see if there's some sort of positive output that we could create from it, and so. Um, that really was was how it how it began, really from a very genuine place of, of wanting to make change and improve the community. When you talk to groups about the Thrive Initiative, how, how do you describe the problem you're trying to address? We talk about the fact that again, it's not really about us, those of us that have signed onto the Thrive Initiative, but it's really um, about the action to improve the entire community. Um, and ensuring that the actions that we take as advocates are focused not on our organizations but on the needs of the patients that we serve. And so by saying, let's stop this negative behavior, let's stop um, you know, competing with each other, but how can we lift everyone up so that our whole community has greater impact, can make greater strides, can really advance a better tomorrow for the children and the adults that we're advocating for. You know, people respond to that. I think sometimes... Um, behavior can be, you know, continued because those that are doing it think there's no other way. And I think this Thrive Initiative um, puts out a new model to say it's okay to play by different rules. And there's other leaders that are interested in playing by other rules. And so um, I think really what we found, I mean, immediately when we started talking about it and when we launched the Global Genes, we announced the website and the opportunity for members to sign on and, and download the app, the digital asset. It was a very organic response. There wasn't a, you know, well, what the heck are you talking about? 
um, people liked that we were owning it and we were framing it, and then we were trying to advance the solution. When you think about these types of intramural problems, do they arise because these are just human enterprises? Is it ego? Is it competition for a finite pool of funding? Ooh, I wish I had an answer um, for or a single a single answer for that. I think there's there's probably multiple reasons that this sort of narrative and and behavior exists in our community. Um, I think, you know, just speaking from Amy's point of view, most engaged in this in this work out of a very good place, out of a place typically that originates emotionally. They see a need, perhaps they had a personal experience. They want to do better. They don't want the same for the next family. It's that beautiful place of altruism. And what may happen is when with good intentions, if those aren't fostered or provided some guidance, um, they're then modeled maybe some behavior that they think, oh, I have to kind of abandon um, that place of good intent and I have to um, kind of walk and, and speak like what I've been, like what my peers are doing. Um, I think there's also a sense because in advocates we're driven from such a place of passion that you want to change everything right away. And um, again, while that's a very good place, um, it takes some... Um, it takes some, I guess, um, assessment to maybe stop and back up and pick your head up and look around and see, okay, I don't have to change everything. What I need to do is understand what my need is, what my strengths are, and who has other resources, who has other strengths that are different than mine that perhaps I could partner with that together we could make a bigger change. And I think sometimes... Um, just being caught in kind of a hamster wheel of life and, and wanting to do good, we can lose that that larger focus. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot now. Thrive is an acronym of sorts for values and behaviors you'd like to see members of the rare disease community embrace as they interact with each other. I thought we could walk through each of those and, and have you explain their inclusion. Let's start with T. So number one, Danny, you're not. That's not a hard question. I, I was nervous when you said you were coming on the spot. I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to disclose something I did in high school or something. Um, okay, so the P means trust, and that's really talking about the fact of you know where you're coming from from a personal um, point of view that you're going to trust that your peer is acting from a place of good intention, and just by reframing that mindset that. Um, your peers coming from a place of good intention and not from a place of competition um, or manipulation. Um, that organically then provides a forum for collaborative conversations. How about H? H means I'm going to be honest, and that's sometimes the hardest um, because it uh, it means that you're going to have to really own where you're coming from and what your intent is um, so you can speak honestly to another. It also means that... Um, the talking behind the back or saying one thing in front of someone's face and then another to another peer isn't any more tolerated. It takes courage to speak honestly to another. R? R means respect. So that really goes down to the basic thing of we're all in this, we're the better man, the good, and every one of us is bringing our own strengths um, to the party. 
How about I? I means intentional, and that is somewhat what I talked about earlier, is the fact that um, we can get so caught up in the grind and the doing that we may lose uh, awareness of what our intent is. So taking that pause, stepping back, and rethinking about what our intent is and what possibly our peers' intent is, and allowing those um, areas of mutual intent to really lead uh, a collaborative conversation. V? V is actually my favorite, and V means vulnerability. So that is our ability to say, I don't know, Um, I'm sorry, oh my God, I totally just messed that up. Um, Just really, really being able to own um, maybe areas that we are more challenged in than our strengths, and oftentimes um, in our work, we think in order to be successful, we have to... Um, appear um, perfect and being able to, to talk with, uh, you know, our peers about our imperfections actually is a sign of strength and not weakness. And how about E? E is engage and empower. And that is totally, if, if anyone saw the presentation, this is so Nicole Boyce, who's the CEO of Global Genes, this is so her. But it's really about... Um, moving more than just transactional relationships, but full engagement, full partnerships with each other. How do we really, really um, get dirty with each other in the foxhole, if you will, and then empower each other to use our strengths um, to make a, a better and, and bigger impact for the patients that we, we serve. So much of the rare disease community um, lives on social media and depends on social media. Uh, I'm wondering if if you think any of these behaviors have, have been kind of curated by social media in some way? Mm, another good question, Danny. I see why this is what you do for a living. Um, I don't know the role of social media. What I can respond to is in that you know initial conversation we were all having about doing something about this, we uh, each mentioned really witnessing um, advocates taking to social media to air their grievances uh, with each other and how then that sparked even more negative behavior or negative rhetoric um, and how we, we were all really saddened because it actually, um, you know, weakened our whole community. Advocates forever and continue to um, demand access into certain conversations, you know, so we can advance the needs of our patients. And... Right now, as an advocacy community, you know, we're really carrying the banner that we are professionals um, with our own skill sets and, and value that we're bringing those conversations. And then, you know, everyone can see everything on social media. So for that to spell out to a larger community um, was kind of a, you know, kind of a kick in the teeth. Um, so I think actually um, members that have signed on to Thrive, if we could in, in turn demonstrate these values that um, I just went through um, on social media in our posts and in our commentary could actually, I think, help strengthen the entire community. What's been the response you've gotten from the rare disease community so far? It's been hot. I mean, like I said, no one has has said, well, you all were definitely drinking tequila that night because this <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Um Everyone has said thank you, you know, or they, they signed on. If you go to um, thriveforrare.org, uh, you can see the so far the list of organizations that have 
taken this pledge to um, live by these values, and and I don't yet have the the latest uh, stats on how many have downloaded the digital assets. I think really, um, as the advocacy community is really elevating itself, you know, we are becoming more comfortable talking about aspects of our community that typically lives in the shadow, and I and I think that people are finding this is kind of a breath of fresh air to say, you're right, I'm, I'm sick of, of this too, and, and I'm happy to be part of the change. You you just mentioned the, the membership organizations and individuals who have joined Thrive as members. What, what does it mean to join the initiative? Um, it means that you're uh, aligned and committed to the values that we're putting forth. This Thrive, um, again, if you want to go to thriveforrare.org, it's really a, a manifesto of collaboration. And so when you sign on, um, and you, you did it right, you can be an organization that signs on or you can be an individual that signs on. You're really saying, I um, absolutely agree with these values and this is the way that I'm going to be um, uh, working in this space. What our hope is, is that uh, individuals and organizations that sign on do download the digital asset. You can place that on your website. You can place that on your um, email signature. That's what we've done at the Child Neurology Foundation. And so it almost becomes a banner for partners um, to say, hey, okay, this is someone I want to play with. Um, I understand what their values are and they align with ours, and then it just naturally supports um, some good collaboration. Is there a plan to build on this, or is the intent here just to get organizations simply to say that they adhere to these values? Uh, right now, this is really more of kind of a grassroots creating awareness. Um, now to build on it, there's always that opportunity, Danny. I mean, that's the that's the fun stuff about looking about um, the next step. So, stay tuned. Maybe that's a podcast for next year. Now, what's the case for collaboration in the rare disease community? Why why is it essential? Organizations do a better job of working together. Well, I think it's actually um, essential for all communities, but specific to the rare disease community, um, I mean, it, it's exactly in the name. While you may be engaging in this community because you um, have a rare disease, um, the needs of your community um, are shared by, by the larger community. And so by collaborating, you um, don't have to face the same capacity issues or, or resource um, limitations that you may feel alone. Um, I think the other thing, too, not just from an organizational standpoint, but, you know, what we hear a lot from our partners and, and the families that we work with is there's such a feeling of isolation within our community um, and, again, specific to rare disease because um, oftentimes even your own clinician doesn't know how to pronounce or even spell the, the disease that you or your loved one is living with. And so by collaborating, by partnering with people that have walked a similar path, that can attack that feeling of isolation that can be suffocating and, and even inhibiting the impact that you can have. So collaboration benefits not only an organization, but also the individual that's fueling that organization. If you'd like to learn more about the Thrive Initiative or join, you can go to thriveforrare.org. Amy Bryn Miller, Executive Director of the Child Neurology Foundation and co-founder of the Thrive Initiative. Amy, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks, Danny. You're the best.
Thanks for listening. For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.